Next on BYU Sports Nation, Bo Hodge for the win. How one tweet turned a divisive situation into a fall camp rallying point for BYU football. Corbin Kafusi joins the program. He'll talk about an increased pass rush, or hope what they hope is, plus the top 10 defensive players the Cougars will face in 2018. And BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas in studio. Why his career plans went from no more basketball to destination Spain in less than a week. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday, August 16th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Provo City Air Quality Director Jerem Jordan. It's gotten better, right? Yes, it feels like it anyway. There's no ash falling from the sky, and it doesn't smell like a campfire all the time. So that's a, a positive improvement. That is positive. That's yeah. excellent. Not that there would happy be a to, negative improvement. Happy to right? hear it. Yeah, it's a negative improvement. It's a <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> is, it a red, a, is it a red burn day? Positive step back. Another packed show today. How Bo Hodge saved the day with one tweet. Also, 10 and 10, Corbin Kafusi's on the show as we go all access from the uh-huh. football fall camp. And Tyler Haas back playing basketball. Why he was very, very close to not doing it professionally again. Like I said, packed show and lots to discuss. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday on BYU Sports Nation, We encountered a situation we don't often deal with. Merrill Hodge, former NFL running back, ESPN NFL analyst for over two decades, and the father of BYU running back Bo Hodge, was openly critical of BYU football and the coaching staff. It went BYU viral. And then Bo Hodge delivered the following message. Last night at roughly 6.45 p.m., This morning, my dad expressed frustrations with my switch to running back in a media interview. My dad is the best father in the world and believes in me, but I'm at peace with moving to running back and excited to help our team in any way I can. I haven't always shared all of my feelings about this with my dad, and that's my fault. My concerns and questions about playing another position were always answered by my coaches in meetings that lasted as long as they needed to in order for me to feel at peace about moving positions. I love this coaching staff. I love BYU, and I love my dad. I know he's excited for me and supports me no matter what. Go Cougs. Wow. What is your reaction to Bo Hodge's social media commentary last night? First, the tone and the words are perfect. It's a fantastic response. Because at this point in fall camp, things can get a little stale. But guess what? I think this becomes a rallying point for team bonding, cohesion, teamwork that Bo Hodge initiated. And you see that coming out from the response of some of his teammates. They quoted his tweet, like Butch Powell, who is likely to be one of the captains. Big fan, Bo Hodge. We follow your example. The example being, I'm all about this team, right? Everyone comes in with an individual agenda, and that gets upset sometimes. And that Players, coaches, fans, parents, they get upset, right? We all get upset about stuff. Troy Warner, 
This is a team first guy right here. I'll go to bat for him any day of the week. So this, in my opinion, becomes a rallying point for the team to say, you know what? Let's rally together. Let's be the best we can. Look at what Bo Hodges is doing as an example. Of course, he wants to play quarterback, but here he's going to sacrifice. He's going to be a good team player. He's going to be a running back, receiver, whatever we need him to be. And let's be our best selves, right? Let's set aside the individual. Let's be the best team we can be. From day one of fall camp, when the news broke that it was official and we had the opportunity to talk to Bo Hodge about his most recent position switch, he showed no indications, no signs of being upset about moving to running back. In fact, all of the rhetoric coming out of those early days of fall camp was, oh, what a class act. The same things that we're seeing from his teammates now, we were all thinking and feeling. I, I felt like there was some hesitancy, just a little bit, when, when I first you know, saw him talk about it. But he overcame that with not saying, hey, this wasn't my decision. This was good. He said, hey, the, you know, Talked to the coaches. I'm running back now. Yeah, and it's okay to feel to hesitant credit, at first. To his credit, he it's said, okay. "I just want to help the team." That was that was yes. the last thing he said. His actions I just want to help the team. Yes, his actions speak louder than any words he could say. Even these words that we're talking about, and his actions are that he's been working hard as a running back, as a receiver. That he's putting in the work. That he's sacrificed. That he's going to bat, you know, f- not only for his dad, but for his team and for and go Cougs. Like, he said all the right things, you know. And I think he's playing this really well. Bo Hodge, if he wanted, could be quickly and easily upset and just transfer if he wanted. That could happen. And we've seen that happen with people here before. Yet, we had this message at this time, which was very classy and well done. I love this coaching staff. I love BYU. And I love my dad. Wow. Perfect. I'm just really impressed with his capability and his, uh, his ability to put out this metaphorical wildfire. I mean, this thing was burning hard. And then Bo Hodge comes in with this tweet that is the rainstorm that calms it all. I was really, really impressed with his ability to appease all sides in a very tricky situation. And then the rallying from his teammates that you brought up just makes it all the better. Is this the rallying cry that BYU needs to get ramped up? I don't know. I don't know what this is going to develop into and what it will translate to. But it seems like this has become a positive thing, amazingly. It can be. It is right now. Let's hope it continues to be. Two weeks fall camper in the books, and that means we are one day closer to the season opener at Arizona. Countdown to the Wildcats. 16 days. 16, huh? Sweet 16 days. Two-score game, if you will. Uh, yesterday at practice, BYU photo captured an amazing picture of head coach Kalani Sataki. This is Jaron Wilkie's doing. Uh, as he addressed the team with a perfect reflection of the team intently listening. And if you missed it, here it is on TV. Uh, we've tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. This is awesome, right? You can see the reflection in his glasses. Everyone's looking. Mulan is asking, who is that girl I see? You know, it's awesome. With this in mind, what is Kalani Sataki's main focus 16 days from Arizona? Uh, Yeah, if you remove those shades, at this point, it's about Arizona and specifically stopping their Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, Khalil Tate. The dude on the front of Sports Illustrated's college football preview is quarterbacking Arizona. Yeah, It looks something like that. On TV, we're showing you the Arizona logo on the lenses. I think you can, at this point, turn your attention to the Wildcats. 
start watching film on Khalil Tate with the team. I know the coaches have been doing it all offseason, but now you can start sharing that with the team in that environment. I think it's about how you slow down that dynamic quarterback that feels like he's the best quarterback in the game. I mean, he's a confident kid, clearly. He lost his last three games, so he has some work to do. But uh, to me, it's who is the quarterback for BYU. I think BYU has some questions to answer itself before they fully embrace Arizona, and they're getting to that. But who is the quarterback? So right now, I think he sees Zach Wilson and Tanner Mangum, and this is well played by our staff. Joe Critchlow is in it, but his back is turned. Oh, so next he's level. number three, right? Is Jaron Hall in there somewhere? No? Okay. Uh, who's the quarterback? Okay. I have other questions, uh, too, to figure out. Will the defensive line create a better pass rush? 17 sacks last year, only nine come back to the defensive line. 11 forced fumbles, only seven are back on the team. Eight picks as a defense, 89th nationally. Only five interceptions return. Will the secondary be better? Tenth worst completion percentage allowed last year. So there are some answers internally, certainly, uh, to be had right now. But, yeah, when you, when you look into those glasses, what's the focus? What do you see? Or Kalani Fufita Satake. No question the quarterback situation is on his mind. But I feel like he's, de- he's done a good job delegating that to Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick. I, I think he's put it in their lap now, saying, okay, pick your guy. I support that, which is why... Kalani, who's a defensive mind, I got to thinking, hey, we're only two weeks away. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's focusing in on how in the world his BYU defense is going to slow down an Arizona offense that is expected to be one of the best in the country. They were last year. Uh, new new uh, OC this year. Oh, man, unbelievable that we are halfway through BYU football fall camp. At this juncture, Jerem, which position group do you feel like has the most to prove in 2018, starting with Arizona 16 days from today? My answer to everything right now is quarterback. Yes. It's the quarterback. Yep. The, the quarterbacks last year were bad, man. The, all kinds of injuries and whatnot. 13 touchdown passes. Huh? 2,530 yards. That should be through nine games at BYU, right? 19 interceptions, so a minus six ratio there. 55% completions. Those numbers are not good enough. The other answer, defensive line. Defensive line. Kalani Sataki and Elias Tuiaki at Utah created some incredible defensive lines, right? I, I need that group to be good. Now, I don't need it to be great. I just need it to be good. I just okay. think it changed the entire dyna- dynamic of the defense. There was such a lack of passing attack last year for BYU that I feel like, yes, it's the quarterbacks clearly, but the receivers have a lot to prove as well. It just couldn't have gone any worse last year for BYU from a passing game standpoint. I mean, numerically, statistically, it it's hard for me to look at the numbers and think, that is a BYU offense? Come on. What, through six games? Okay. No, through 13 games. And what? And yeah, and it wasn't like it was twelve. It was thirteen games. Thirteen, dude. and it was still overall season-wise one of the worst in half a century. Crazy, crazy. So I feel like yeah, the quarterbacks got to step up, but the receivers need to be on point. They have got to do everything they can to help quarterbacks that are feeling the pressure. Specifically, Tanner Mangum, if he's the guy, he's coming off his worst season. What's going through his mind? If his receivers can make some plays for him, how much will that help his confidence grow? And I noticed, specifically at Fresno State, he started to develop a little bit 
of confidence, throwing the ball. He was more decisive, and as soon as that happened, he tears his Achilles. It was awful. It was the worst, but he – and Ty Detmer said the same thing to me after the game. He's like, it's really unfortunate because I felt like Tanner started to get it going finally, and then that – the Achilles ruptures. That would have been the biggest win in the season because Fresno State won 10 games. Fresno State was really good last Yeah, I know. Year. BYU was – Really competitive it, with Fresno State on their field. And if BYU wins that game and they don't lose to UMass, right? Perhaps you're talking about a bowl game. Perhaps you're not talking about a new offensive coaching staff. You know, like it's that unbelievable. That could have changed everything. Yes. Oh, by the way, just chew on this for a sec. Tanner Mangum tears his Achilles. What if Bo Hodge doesn't break his foot in that game? He leads BYU to that victory. He wins the next three. He would come into spring being the number one quarterback. Yeah, well, even and if, into fall, he would be a quarterback. Even like, if I think Hodge, the moment he broke his foot, that changed the trajectory of Bo Hodge. Uh, even if Bo Hodge didn't win at Fresno State, coming in a tough scenario, BYU lose the game, he wins the next three. I think today he is a quarterback. He's the if incumbent. he doesn't break his foot. Yeah, it's crazy how yeah. all of these things have played out, and yet here we are. So many moving There's going to be a time where Bo Hodge has an awesome rush this year, and we're going to say, I'm really glad he's a running back. I promise you that's going to happen. Yes. Yesterday, NCAA.com listed the top ten toughest home courts in college basketball. Mm-hmm. BYU made the list. Let's go. Coming in at number six, quote, BYU sees the greatest boost from its home court. Cougars win 88% of its games at home and win 53% of the games on the road. So what can be done to make Lavelle Edwards Stadium as intimidating as the Marriott Center? Can we just go right to the greatest baseball movie of all time, Field of Dreams? Oh, I thought you were going to say Rookie of the Year. No, no. Sandlot. Just a minor change in the key phrase from that movie, though. If you win it, they will come. Mm -hmm. BYU has to win games. When BYU wins games, fans will show up, and they will pack it out. Okay? Go back to... 2007 to 2009, when BYU had that crazy, remarkable run of dominance at home. It was really It was 06 to 08. 06 to 08, sorry. 18 wins in a row. Didn't lose for three years at home. That's amazing. That's Brian Keel. That's David Nixon. That's those guys, man. Shocking, Jerem, that when you win 18 home games in a row, the fans will show up in droves. Well, at least they're going to fill in the corners and have Wi-Fi, right? That's awesome. If you win it, they will come. And I know that seems like too simple of an answer, but it's the reality. BYU's got to put a good product on the field. Yes. They have to win games, and then the fans will show up. Period. The end. I don't Do you feel differently? Unless there's some kind of amenities associated with showing up that you wouldn't have normally that you want for some reason, then you, no, you're right. Listen, every fan base to some degree is bandwagon. It's just how big, right? I think BYU's got a really f- solid fan base. Yes. When you're 4-9, and it's going to be hard. San Jose State, the Rock didn't show up. I think the Rock has been really good, though. I think at home, they have a presence. They impact the game. They impact free throws defensively, I, especially in the second half when the team's going that way. I, I think at home, there's a lot of value to what the Rock is doing, too, whether you want to take away part of the Rock or not, right? I think that the stadium, filling it in, having Wi-Fi, Having this game day app, I think those are some of the amenities that could be good for fans that they will continue to enjoy. Obviously, there's the crowd that's out of state that's going to watch in HD. But BYU just needs to win. And you know how Dave Rose says, it's amazing how much how good we are when there are good players. BYU needs more good players, and I think they're starting to get that. Kalani Sataki and company need to build this year and restore. And one of the, what are, one of the aims written in the office, protect Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 
Lavelle Edwards' house, I think is what it says. BYU 5-1 and one in Kalani Satake's first year on their home field, 2-4 and four last year. A good schedule will also help, but winning is most important. Wait, what? Yeah. You're telling me it's more important than the schedule? <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never disagreed with you on that. Okay, good to know. I have never you disagreed to agree. with it's okay. you on that. Look at this, Our question of the day. Thinking about the reflection in Kalani Satake's sunglasses. A great photo. What is Coach Satake's main focus 16 days away from BYU season opener? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TX Colonel and on Twitter, through the noise around the quarterback competition, position changes, and Power 5 schedule difficulty. Huh? Keep the team united on aggressive precision. Ooh, aggressive precision. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I like that phrase. I hope Jeff Grams uses that to describe the offense so we can use that a little more. Coming up, BYU's all-time leader in men's hoops, Tyler Haas joins the program. Tells us about his new venture in Europe. And next, Jerem Jordan just talked about it. The defensive line, what they need to do to get better. But is there pressure on the D-line to create more pressure? Corbin Kafusi answers that in BYU Football All Access one-on-one. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The 8th-ranked women's volleyball team kicks off the season hosting Utah Valley in an exhibition Saturday at 3 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYUtv.org at 3 Eastern time. Uh, we are stoked to be there. I'm going to be the analyst on that with you, Jason, on the sidelines. So uh, check it out Saturday at 3 Eastern on the app or BYUtv.org. It's Team BYUSN on that broadcast. And Yoli Child's wife, Megan, plays for UVU. Also, Dalton Nixon of the men's basketball team. His sister, Bailey, plays on that team. Dalton's dating Taylor Ballard, who's on the women's volleyball team. So it's like the BYU men's girlfriends, <laughs> sisters, wives connection, right? Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show live, download the podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever and however you want. Jerem, I would like to compliment you on something. What? My your, take on the schedule? Uh, well... You do agree with that, so be careful. I'm not going to compliment you on that, though. Oh, okay. I will compliment your T-shirt, however. Oh, thanks. Thanks oh. for wearing navy today, man. Yeah, and I like yours, too. <laughs> These shirts and more are available at the BYU store. The brand-new Nike BYU line for 2018 Beautiful is thing. in, baby. Beautiful. Get it online, byustore.com. If you're local, you obviously can visit the Nike section in the actual BYU My store. Favorite part. I don't go up to the textbooks anymore, that's for sure. Just be warned, <laughs> you will spend money, okay? You will spend money. Only bring what you're willing to lose. <laughs> that's your Vegas philosophy as well. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. Hashtag betting is wrong. <laughs> it's legal in some states. I know. I didn't say betting is illegal. <laughs> Among Mormon moral code. Oh, BYUstore.com. Check it out. Our question of the day. What is Kalani Satake's main focus 16 days away from the BYU season opener? At Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. Execution, attention to detail, 100% effort, teamwork. All right. Those are four good things. Yes. Also, aggressive precision. 
Aggressive precision. I like that. Yeah, those can all be yeah. taken into account when you read the four words that we or the four things we just run over as well. Hashtag BYUSN anytime you like to sound off on today's question of the day. Jason Shepard was at BYU football practice yesterday as part of our all-access BYUSN coverage, going one-on-one with a key member of the BYU defensive line. Jeremy, you want to know about the pass rush and if it's going to get better? Let's hear from Corbin Kafusi right now. All right, I'm going to get this out of the way right up front. Would you have thought any less of me had I started this interview standing on a chair? No, you know what? I would have been fine with me. Dang it, I really should have grabbed that chair. (laughs) Okay, no, uh, all joking aside... How was camp going for you? Every time we talk to you, you're always a very positive person. But how's camp going for you? Are you feeling good about the way things are going? Yeah, I think things are going great. You know, of course, camp has its highs and lows for everybody on the team. And, you know, there's some things that you, you look at, but that's the way it is. You know, camp is a place where you got to get all those little rusty, you know, tendencies out. And so it's been really good for us. I would assume every year, every fall camp that you've been a part of, it, it kind of has takes on a story or a life of its own. How, what is this fall camp? been about maybe for you and for the team I think it's just kind of having that chip on our shoulder and every so everything's it's like it's a dog fight that's what I think of every every practice is a dog fight of sorts and it's not that's not in a bad way you know not that we're trying to kill each other but literally you gotta you gotta pay rent every practice so that's how it's been for us and I I I think that either I asked you or, or you you ended up commenting on on that enthusiasm and, and the, the effort that you're seeing in, in this camp. And it, it's not manufactured. I mean, it's genuine enthusiasm for what you guys are doing out there. Oh, absolutely. You know, because you know that if you don't come out there with yeah. it, then someone's going to hit you with it or someone else is going to step up that has that kind of energy. So every guy, you know, it's not about, oh, trying to pump someone else up. It's trying to get yourself going because everyone else is already going. You're the perfect person to ask this question to because to watch you on the field, super aggressive. I mean, that's that's the way you play football. But you're the nicest guy. Is is it hard sometimes to get that mean on the field? You know, uh, it's kind of one of those things you have to you learn with trial and error. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, maybe I come off the field and I'm too mean, or oh, maybe I'm too nice on the field. And so you just got to find the balance. You got to be able to flip the switch, and that's kind of the the key to it. Is if you can flip, flip the switch when you need to. How would you describe the play of the defensive line so far? You know, I think it recently it's been really physical. You know, guys are learning to use their hands more, learning to stand guys up, and I love that. You know, we got some great talent on the defensive line. It's just bringing out what the guys already know what they can do. In terms of depth, where would you where do you think the depth is? Is the depth where you would like to be on the on the D line? Yeah, I think we got great depth, and I think guys are just learning. You know, we have great talent in the depth. But at the same time, the guys that haven't had a lot of reps before, new guys coming in, the great thing is we have new guys that can make a difference, but they just have to learn the techniques. And once they get that, then it'll be, okay, a little bit more trust there so that they can do their thing. I wanted to ask you about going against this offense. It's certainly a a new scheme, but the players have had plenty of time to start to feel comfortable in it. What is this offense like to go against right now? It's hard. You know, it's a, it's a hard offense to go against. I give my hats off to Coach Grimes and the, all the offensive coaches and the players because they do a great job. They're, they ca- they're catching us off guard. They're coming strong every play. And so it's a hard offense to go against, and that's kind of why I love it because it makes us have to, you know, harden up more as a defense. Who wins more of the battles, the defensive line or the offensive line? I, I don't want to – 
I'm biased. You know, I'm biased. So I think everybody knows what I'm going to say because I'm a defensive lineman. I would expect you to say the defensive line. That's where you play. Oh, yeah. You know, that's an obvious thing. I would flat out say defensive line, but I'm a biased opinion. You know? All right, so now you've got two more scrimmages before the end of camp. And I know Coach Satake has talked about the opportunity to get everybody live and, and how much that helps. How much does that help you as a player to be able to go live in those situations? It makes a huge difference because, you know, you get into a game and especially if it's the beginning of the season, you kind of for, forget what it's like to actually hit somebody. You know, in practice, you're kind of touching up on guys, you know, you're putting your chest on them, but to actually lay some wood on someone, it's a totally different feeling. And you love that feeling, but it's like you got to get used to it, you know, just like everything else, it takes practice. What are you hearing from, uh, from Bronson? How are things going for him in the Ravens camp? You know, he's doing well. I, I love watching him play. He's had some great plays since he's been in. And I think the biggest thing for him is that he's healthy. You know, this is the healthiest he's felt since he's been in the league, and so this is great for him. Corbin, great stuff as always. I appreciate the time, and uh, next time I think I am going to take advantage of that chair. I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries, man. Whatever you want. Thank you. BYU Sports Nation All Access one-on-one from BYU Football Fall Camp. Corbin Kafusi and Jason Shepard, thanks to both of those gentlemen for delivering the goods. Jason should uh, stand on a chair next time. <laughs> Coming up, the latest 10-10 and 10 featuring the top 10 defensive players BYU will face in 2018. BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Hawes, back in Studio B. Back! Why did his career plans go from potentially no more basketball to destination Spain in like a week's time? This is BYU Sports Nation. Get the latest and greatest from BYU Football Fall Camp on Facebook.com slash Sports with on-demand uh, videos and recaps. But today we will be live as well, 3.45 Eastern Time. It's on Facebook.com slash Sports. All right, we're rolling on. BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand online at BYUSN.com anytime, anywhere. And here are your BYUSN headlines. Bo Hodge, in response to his father Merrill's critical comments of BYU football and the coaching staff yesterday, responded in a tweet last night saying, quote, My dad is the best father in the world and believes in me, but I am at peace with moving to running back and excited to help our team in any way I can. I haven't always shared all of my feelings about this with my dad, and that's my fault. My concerns and questions about playing another position were always answered by my coaches in meetings that lasted as long as they needed to in order for me to feel at peace about moving positions. I love this coaching staff. I love BYU, and I love my dad. I know he's excited for me and supports me no matter what. Go Cougs, end quote. Can I get an amen? BYU announced a position switch after uh, practice yesterday. Defensive lineman Keanu Saliapaga has switched to offensive tackle. Saliapaga redshirted last year and played on the scout team. Opening kickoff for the 2018 BYU football season is 16 days away. The Cougars will hold another scrimmage today as their quest to solidify the depth chart continues. Again, BYU TV Sports Facebook page will have interviews and recaps at 3.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And Cougars in the NFL continue preseason play tonight. Jamal Williams and the Packers face the Steelers. Jonah Trinneman and the Jets play the Redskins. And Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots face the Eagles. If I was the Patriots, I would just let the Eagles win this one again and then get them later. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, they don't need no revenge, revenge in factor in the preseason. Oh, they, we, we got it. Got them in the preseason. Yeah. 
In Studio B now, guest number two, but this time in person. It's been too long since we have featured BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Hawes. Time. He is with us. Tyler, Tyler, welcome back. How are we doing? Thanks. It's good to be here. You're looking great with the top button, by the way. Always a top button. That my, my man. Yeah. My man. All-time <laughs> no, leading scorer, dude. He's got style. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we welcome you back, but I almost feel like we should say goodbye, too. You know, uh, And just to update people on what's happening, Tyler headed back to Spain to play basketball professionally. Why Spain and why now? Yeah, so um, it all happened really quick. Um, just a good opportunity to to go play in Spain, and it's a good team, good city. Uh, you know, a few former Cougs have played there, and it seemed like a good situation. And so, my wife and I and and daughter are very excited. Yeah, and a daughter now. And daughter, yep. You have a four month old girl. How has that changed your life? Oh, you in summer. It has completely changed our life, um, but for the better. She's been a lot of fun, and uh, she's here. There she she's is, here. right there. Summer, four months. Yeah, awesome. Baby Goldie, right there. You got the binky. You're like shh. <laughs> <laughs> she's been great. Yeah, totally changed our life and brought a lot of happiness and joy to us for sure. So, what's the team you're playing on, and what former Cougars have played there? So uh, the town is called Huesca. Uh, I don't know much more than that, <laughs> but uh, a small town of 50,000 people. And um, I guess they, so it's in the second division of Spain. Um, they used to be in the top division and looking to try and get back there. And So there's relegation and advancement like soccer uh-huh. in those leagues too? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and so... It, they have the background of playing in the top league, and they want they have goals to get there. And so nice facilities. They're bringing nice in facilities. a gunner American, yeah. from Utah. Uh-huh, to exactly. Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That, that's the goal. But uh, Charles Charles Abuel played yeah. there. Matt Carlino played there. Okay. So I've been able to talk with them about nice. it, and it, it'll be fun. We we love adventure, and uh, it's a good time in our life to keep doing it. So they told you all the hot spots, the must eat at places, things already, like that. And you've already exactly. played in Spain. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you kind of know the area, right? Yeah. And Poland. Yeah, we know the culture and uh, a little bit of the language. I'm sure we're going to have to learn and pick up a little bit more this time. You but. speak Tagalog because you went to the Philippines, so you're going to be like trilingual now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. The, the, we'll there are apps and like devices you can use where it just like translates immediately. Oh, yeah. Right? No, we got, we got Google Translate. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. Utilize live the technology, by that thing. man. Utilize like, it. Hold on. Hold on. What? Yeah. How do I say get buckets? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Haas with us on BYU Sports Nation. How close were you to not continuing your professional basketball career? Yeah, I was very close. Um, you know, right now, it a lot of it um, is based on, or my decisions are based on what's best for my family and, and my daughter and um, circumstances. And so uh, I, I actually took a job up in Salt Lake at a place called Visible, supply chain management uh where terry nashif's working and so i was in a little training program there and kind of flirting with the idea of of jumping into business and life after basketball and for a moment there i really thought i was going to be done Um, but an opportunity came up and um we decided to jump on it and keep going. And uh, so I'm training and body feels good and uh, we're excited. I can't blame you because last year was crazy for Mm -hmm. you professionally. I mean, at one point you were on the edge of the earth in Newfoundland. (laughs) In a time zone that goes on half an hour ahead or behind, like (laughs) just a weird place, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Really weird place. Uh, (laughs) 
But yeah, right, seriously on the edge of the earth. I mean, furthest northeast that you can get really in North <laughs> wow. America. And, uh, but a beautiful spot, really cold. I mean, I don't think I've ever, we've ever experienced cold like that in our life. And Summer was pregnant the whole time. And so, so she it, really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it was challenging, but we had a great experience there. Played for a good coach, uh, a friend of Heath Schroyer's. And, um, yeah, had a good experience. And, but yeah, for, for a moment there, you know, just because we were bouncing around, we thought, I mean, is this worth it? Uh, but, you know, we came to terms with ourselves that this is the only time in our life we could do something like this and we're going to keep pushing and trying to make it happen. And it's good experience for us. And I still feel like I got a lot in the tank and a lot to, a lot to prove out there. Well, that's great because if you told me I could hang out, hang out with Terry Nashif, I would probably say yes. Yeah. But if the alternative was to get paid to live in Spain, it and would be a somewhat and play basketball. It would be somewhat <laughs> of an easy choice because I know I can return to Terry. That's awesome. Um, what do you expect uh, from this experience? And are you hoping this leverages into something else? You said you have a, a lot in the tank left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean we're just going to take it one year at a time. We're just focused on this year and and having a good year and and helping the team any way we can. We'd like to to get to that that next division and and so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I got a very supportive wife and I wouldn't be doing any of this if she wasn't on board and feel very lucky that she follows me around all over the world and uh, we're, we're just excited about the opportunity and going to make the most of every day. Oh, what? come on. She's huge on Instagram. She's stoked to go to Spain, man. That's going to be Instagram gold, right? <laughs> exactly. No, she's excited too. What's the ideal scenario for you in terms of minutes, contribution? Like, What, what are you hoping this opportunity develops into in terms of your, your ability to get on the court and play? Yeah. I, I, I want to take the reins as in, a, in a leadership role and, and really show that I can score the ball in lots of different ways and, um, and be a huge factor that way. But um, just use my experience. feel like I've been around Europe and uh, know the ropes that way. And so it, it's a young team. The guys they have signed are, are very young. And so if I can provide any, any leadership um, on the court and off the court, I'd love to do that. Old man Haas. Old man Haas, yeah. <laughs> no, that's Marty. Uh, <laughs> how do we get you on Team Fredette next year, man? I don't know. We need to talk to Jimmer about that. Uh, but they, it was fun to watch them. Yeah, uh, they, they did well, didn't they? It was like the 10-11 team when you were in the Philippines going, hey, good job, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? I know. Let's make it the 0-9-10 team with you on it, right? I know. Come on. Get Michael Lloyd Jr. Could we get, get Jax a- back? Yes. And- Could we- Is Jax in shape to do that? I probably not. <laughs> probably not in shape. <laughs> could we make, like, could that team in that tournament be an all-BYU team? At some point, do you think? Because it was like there were three BYU guys on it. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'd be fun to see an all BYU team there? I think so. I think it would be fun to uh, put together a BYU group of guys and and make a run. Hey, I, Lee Kamard come off the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get Lee in there. You know, talking with Charles and Brandon, they said it it, it was fun because they had chemistry on the floor right away, and they were able to play like they did in college and run and gun. It's awesome. Okay, run and gun is what your little brother TJ thrived on for a very long time. A little more conservative last year. Coaching staff's different now. And the ideology maybe that BYU's going to run and gun some more is coming back into the picture. What do you expect from TJ and BYU basketball this upcoming season? Yeah, I expect uh, a really good season out of TJ and, and out of the Cougs this year. 
Um, they're hungry. I know they've been working really hard this summer, and they've got a lot to prove to themselves and and to Cougar Nation. I feel like, and but they they have all the pieces of the puzzle, and um, it's just about getting better each day and um, and going out there with a hungry mindset. And Tej is, uh, I think he's matured a lot as a person off the floor, and uh, he's he's ready to go. Uh, Talon Shumway played basketball, of course, with TJ, but he played receiver, obviously, as a receiver. You know, you played receiver, if I recall, mm-hmm. at Lone Peak, right? Yeah, I did. So what's your wide receiver evaluation of Talon Shumway and what you expect from <laughs> him this year? <laughs> oh, man. Now, Talon, Talon's a, an amazing athlete, and I expect big things out of him. I, I think they need to go to him more. and he, He's got an athletic ability that's very rare, and so... Throw him a fade. Come on. That, that was my route. <laughs> Just throw it up there. Throw it Let up. him go get it. Portland State, he had a great catch, almost for a touchdown. Yeah. Right? A little more than that. Uh-huh. Than that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. You were one of those tall receivers, Ty. Yeah. Okay. You forget that you're, what are you, 6'5"? Six, 6'5", five? Six, five, six, yeah. Five. He'd be the tallest receiver BYU has. <laughs> You'd be the tallest guy. Okay, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for your new adventure to Spain, leaving uh, a week from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we eight can days, man. Quick. Yeah, good luck, man. Thanks, I appreciate Excited it. Excited to watch. Yeah, we'll be, we're, uh, we're stoked for the you. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Okay, coming up. How many Utes made my ten and ten for defensive players? <sighs> really? Yeah. And is a guy that you've never heard of the best defensive player BYU will face this season? Jerem's latest ten and ten is next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season opener for the women's soccer team is tomorrow night against Cal State Fullerton. Listen to it at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. Good luck to women's soccer team as they begin the season. This is the first real game of any fall sport at BYU. I like real games more than fake games. Me too. But we're going to be broadcasting a fake game. So let's not... They're all games. You should watch Don't them all. Don't diminish it, Jerry. You should watch them all. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Always open on social media. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag BYUSN whenever you would like to converse with us. I feel like we haven't done this in a long time. What? 10 and 10. Well, but we that's... only skipped one day. We skipped yesterday. I was gone. I know, but it feels like an extra long time. Oh, okay. Probably because we've got, like, 17 other projects going on as well. Hey, I want to know the top 10 defensive players BYU will have to deal with this year. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. Okay, top 10 defensive players BYU will face in 2018. Number 10, Jelani Tavia, linebacker, Hawaii. 124 tackles is the most of any returning player against BYU this season. Five and a half sacks, five quarterback hurries, and an interception last year. Tavia was arrested on June 9th outside a nightclub on the islands and was held out of some team activities this summer. We'll see how that impacts him this season. How did he not make the East-West Shrine game name team? I don't know. Number nine, Terrell Hanks, linebacker, New Mexico State. 111 tackles, seven sacks, six pass breakups, and two picks last season. He has 34 and a half tackles for loss in his career in 10 sacks, six forced fumbles, seven interceptions. He's all over the field. That's number nine? Mm-hmm. Wow. Number eight, Kylan Wilborn, defensive end slash linebacker, Arizona. 33 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, freshman All-American. He led all Power 5 freshmen with seven and a half sacks. Arizona had a young defense, but they have some studs 
At linebacker specifically. I wish he were the best defender that BYU was going to face on Arizona, but that's not the case, is it? Because number seven is Colin Schooler, linebacker, Arizona. 95 tackles last season, 13 and a half tackles for loss for the most TFLs among all freshmen nationally. Schooler was the Pac-12 freshman defensive player of the year and had a game-winning pass breakup in overtime. We all know Arizona's offense is going to be great as long as Khalil Tate stays healthy. But is their defense super underrated? You've got two two guys in the top ten. I don't think overall as a team they are, but they have some good players. All right. Number six, Kakoa Nawahine, safety, Boise State. He was part of the 100 tackle club. Only 76 in FBS were a part of that. 108 in all, including four and a half tackles for loss, three picks, four pass breakups. Nawahine was a part of seven forced turnovers last season. I like Malia Nawahine a little bit better. <laughs> Unrelated. Maybe a cousin? I don't know. Number five, Ben Burke-Hervin, linebacker, Washington. On an excellent Washington defense, Burke-Hervin had a team-high 84 tackles, second team all-league, five pass breakups. Yeah, this dude's the real deal. Uh, I heard his name. I watched Washington more than a few times last year. He is a really, really good player. Number four, Curtis Weaver, defensive lineman, Boise State. Weaver had 13, uh, 33 tackles, including 11 sacks. That was sixth nationally. This dude is familiar with the backfield. And how about Boise State coming in there, too? And I've said this earlier during a 10-10 and 10 segment. Again, the focus always goes on the Broncos' offense, high-powered, throwing it all over the field. They've got a really good defense. Number three, Ryan Connolly, linebacker, Wisconsin. Connolly led a top-five defense last season with 88 tackles, including eight tackles for loss. He had an interception in the Orange Bowl versus Miami. Really solid in the middle of the field. Okay, so he's at number three, and you would think, yeah, yeah, that's Wisconsin's best defender, right? Number two, TJ Edwards, linebacker, Wisconsin. Wrong. Edwards. Wrong. Has been a three-year starter for the Badgers, amassing 254 career tackles, 26 tackles for loss, five sacks, seven career interceptions. Um, he's good. Yeah, I'm just not sure um, how any team is going to deal with Wisconsin offensively or defensively. Yeah. Last year, that schedule not as tough as what they're playing this year, but still, Wisconsin really, really good. All right, who's number one, Jerem? Number one defensive player BYU will face in 2018 is Sutton Smith, defensive lineman, Northern Illinois. NFL dude. He's also the best defensive player you've never heard of. 14 sacks last season, led the nation. 30 tackles for loss, recovered three fumbles, forced three fumbles. He scored two touchdowns. On those three recovered fumbles, my goodness. Eight quarterback hurries, disruptive, and this is the best thing about him. He's six foot two thirty. And he had fourteen he had fourteen sacks. Are you kidding me? How many sacks did BYU have as a team last year? Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Sutton Smith was three shy of that, all by his lonesome. And those are the top ten defensive players BYU faced in twenty eighteen. A note, no Utah players were on the list. Yeah, if Chase Hansen was a safety, I would have put him in the list. But he moved to linebacker, so I'm not sure where he fits. He probably fits in the top ten. Okay, so Dane uh, and Anderson then, is that guy for BYU, and now Chase Hansen's And then that Bradley and I is a good, good player. Uh, had seven sacks last year. He they strongly considered as well. Yeah, but what, no no use. What you didn't see is like players thirteen through twenty are the rest of the Wisconsin defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the other Dakota Dixon, safety, like all yeah, all those guys. <laughs> thirteen through twenty. Yeah. Oh my th- goodness. Yeah, there was a Wisconsin uh yeah. Isaiah Loudermilk and there was a guy with six sacks. I was like, eh, just didn't make the list. So, yeah. Yeah, I well you bring up Sutton Smith. I just feel like I'm getting more fuel to the fire. Or more fire to the fuel. (laughs) 
for why Northern Illinois is a legit threat for BYU in Provo. Uh, that game we'll, just we'll makes who me the quarterback re- is. Just makes me really at. nervous. They're they're no, well, they're that, so well coached. Be, that's Toledo twenty sixteen. It's going to be yeah. a, a good game. You got to be ready for. I hope it's not fifty five fifty three. Well, maybe that would be fun. No, I don't no, know. No, that'd be awesome for just the averages. Win, just win the game. Win the you game. You scored fifty five against Toledo in twenty sixteen after not putting up a ton of points in the first couple games. BYU got what thirty two against West Virginia. It's like okay, it clicked. But BYU's one and three. Ah. Uh, Toledo came in 55-53. Yeah, Brian Allman had to hit a field Brian goal. Brian Logan's win. greatest prediction moment in the history of below crazy BYU predictions. Fifty plus, and BYU was like a bottom twenty scoring offense. Oh, we <laughs> laughed him to scorn. We laughed him off the we, set. We do that every day. He just happened to be right on that one day. <laughs> oh, coming man. up. Another position change for BYU football and lots of Cougars in the NFL playing tonight. It's all in the whip. Plus, who has earned the elite voice of the day? This is BYU Sports Nation. Bo Hodge eligible? He should be. Big thanks to today's guests, Corbin Kafusi, BYU senior defensive lineman, and BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, who is headed to Spain one week from tomorrow for another professional venture in European basketball. And sorry to Dennis Pitta, this isn't Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell. We ran out of time for you. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Bo Hodge responded to his dad's interview in a tweet yesterday, releasing a statement saying he's at peace with his move to running back and all of his questions regarding the switch were answered by the coaching staff. Can we play the Bo Hodge drop one time? Bo Hodge is the man there today. Keanu Saliapanga was or has switched permanently from defensive line to the offensive line. He was getting second team reps with the offensive line yesterday. He redshirted 2017 and played on the scout team. And with kickoff just over two weeks away, BYU holds another scrimmage today as the Cougars continue to solidify the depth chart, including figuring out who that starting quarterback is going to be. Oh, is that a relevant thing? No. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots in a vengeance match against the Philadelphia Eagles. Tonight, 5.30 p.m., Mountain time, 7.30 Eastern. Mole Williams and the Green Bay Packers play the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight at 8 Eastern. Jonah Trineman and the New York Jets will take on the Washington Redskins tonight at 8 Eastern. Golf. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are in action this weekend. for the. I'm kind of in between Cougars and the PGA. <laughs> in the Wyndham Championship mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour. This should have been Cougars in the PGA. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Can we play Cougars in the PGA? We want to clap. Oh! Apparently we can't hear it. Uh, Blair is tied for 12th at 3 under. Summerhays tees off at 120 Eastern. Back to you. Basketball. BYU men's basketball ranked number 6 by NCAA.com when it comes to home court wins. Quote, the Cougars win just 53% of their games on the road, but at the Marriott Center, fewer than two teams a year escape with a win. At least Gonzaga, typically. That's why good teams don't want to come play in Provo. So... Yeah. It's great, but it's also but it's I don't a know, not, not great. Yeah. yeah. Today's rise and shout goes to our old friend from the whack, Jerem Carl Benson. He's uh he's retiring as the Sunbelt Commissioner, but he was the commissioner of the whack for a long time when uh, BYU was in it. And there was a there was a stretch there, good article by Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, where in ninety six or in ninety six, BYU, top five college football team, ninety eight, Utah in the final four. So the whack in its day had some real strength. And then it went to 16 teams. And then the Mountain West emerged from that. And then from that, 
expansion in Utah, the Pac-12, and TCU here in BYU Independent. So, and Boise State became in Nevada, where the whack, you know, and whatnot. So, Carl Benson, longtime commission of uh, the conference BYU was in. He created the first super conference, sixteen teams, unsuccessfully. Yeah, but he tried. I mean, he he clearly was a cowboy. In right? That. No, no, no. I, I applaud the uh, the ambition for sure. They were hoping they'd be a power conference. BYU won the first ever Super Conference Championship in 1996. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> we're setting a chance forever. First I'm, Super Conference. I'm stating true facts of truth, Jerem. Well, was it? It was just a big conference. I wouldn't call it Super. Rice, <laughs> San Jose State, UNLV at the time was new to the league. It, it pitted a top 10 team against a top 25 team in the WAC Championship game. Yeah. Well, the game was good. Our question of the day. Awful. What is Kalani Satake's main focus 16 days away from Arizona and the BYU football season opener? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Broncos Lover on Twitter, continuing to put to bed last year and focus on a new year with a clean slate, making sure the team is focused on Arizona and the destruction of the Wildcats. Okay. All right. That's intense. Does this person like Boise State? I'm always confused by the handle. Probably the Denver Broncos. Or just love the Denver Broncos. Or just horses in general. Who knows? Skylar Beltran on Instagram, picking a quarterback. And then in parentheses says, hopefully Zach Wilson. And game planning to start with a win in Tucson. Score first and score often. Unless Zach Wilson is head and shoulders above Tanner Mangum, I don't see how Tanner Mangum isn't the starter against Arizona. There has to be a clear separation. Yes, we've outlined why here. The elite voice of the day, Grosenhan on Instagram. See Kalani Satake's team play better than last year and beat Arizona without any serious injuries. Also to have a quarterback that looks promising for the long haul. Sorry, referencing Wilson because the long haul doesn't stack up for Tanner. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand. BYUSN.com. There we go. And find our... Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to number 16, Kellen Fowler. We're 16 days away. Yeah, baby. Two weeks from Saturday. Go Cougs. <laughs>